Hey there, and welcome to the Box Office Watch podcast, where we keep watch on how much money movies are making and why. This is the show recapping the weekend of January 5th through the 7th, 2024. My name is Paulo, and I'm your host. Happy New Year, everyone. Hope you had the great holidays and that you're doing well out there and your New Year's resolutions are doing okay. Uh, my New Year's resolution is to get back on this podcasting thing and actually have a regular schedule as opposed to uh, my somewhat lackluster output in 2023. Um, so yeah, we're here. We're, we're ready to, to get going. So yeah, uh, to kick it off, this episode, rather than doing a deep dive into this week's box office numbers, we're going to take a look back at 2023, specifically at the predictions I had around surrounding the box office recovery, uh, specifically in terms of of how many films made a billion dollars worldwide, how many opened to a million, a hundred million domestically, and how many made a hundred million dollars domestically. And then we'll go ahead and repeat that exercise for 2023, 2024. So let's start off with the billion-dollar films. Now, this time last year, I predicted that there would be two, maybe three uh, films that made a billion dollars worldwide. Uh, my criteria to try to f- narrow it down would be films that I thought could open to $100 million domestically or, if they opened a little bit short of that, uh, were you know probably an animated film that would have long legs. Um, also, they would probably need to be part of a franchise, either officially or at least have a franchise like Pedigree, such as being part of the uh, Disney animated studios. Um, I also thought at the time that China would be a key part of films making a, a billion dollars. So I put films that I thought, you know, some some of these films on here were those I thought would do well in China, um, though it, as it's turned out, that hasn't really been the case. Um, so, you know, based on this criteria, the film that I thought was most likely to make a billion dollars was uh, the Super Mario Brothers movie. Um, on top of that, you know, I thought Guardians of the Galaxy 3 as, you know, probably the most likely best well-received MCU film uh, would be, maybe get there. And then going off of the franchise plus, you know, um, based off of the performance of Top Gun Maverick uh, the year before, I thought the nostalgia films would do well. Uh, those would be uh, Indiana Jones 5 uh, and Transformers Rise of the Beasts. And, you know, specifically leaning into the China thing, I thought maybe Fast X might get there. Now, I didn't think all of them were going to get there. I thought maybe two, uh, again, two, maybe three would get there. Um, of these, uh, one did, actually. It was the Super Mario Bros. movie, which, you know, animated film from a stu- from a studio that basically pumps out billion-dollar films like it's no tomorrow. Um, and that's part of probably the biggest franchise in the world, um, you know, the Mario, the Mario fan size from Nintendo. So, yeah, got that one correctly. Um, of the others, Guardians of the Galaxy made only eight hundred forty-five million dollars. Fast X only at seven hundred fourteen million dollars, and both of the nostalgia films made less than five hundred million dollars each. So, a bit of a miss there. Um, however, we did get to that. Uh, we did get to that total number of two films getting to two bi- to a billion dollars. With the second film, uh, in fact, making more than uh, Super Mario Brothers in Barbie, which hit one point four four billion worldwide. Now, depending on how things go over the next couple of months over the Oscar season, we could even see potentially a third one in Oppenheimer, uh, lugging out another $50 million or so worldwide to get there. We'll see. So while of the you know of the uh, films that I said could maybe get there, I only got I, and of the films that actually got there, I only actually predicted only one of them. I did get the number right, um, and given that it, you know it, it it was kind of a weird year, I'll give myself you know B plus A minus for this. Now in terms of how this compares to previous years, um, it's actually down from it's still down from pre-pandemic years. We had about four to nine films per year. Um, it's actually is still down from 2022 when there were three films that made a billion dollars: Top Gun, Maverick, Jurassic. World Dominion and Avatar 2. But it is more than 2021, immediately after pandemic, when only No Way Home, at the height of the MCU, arguably um, was able to make it there. So I would say we're generally holding steady, especially given the recent economic uh, situation. 
Uh, now for hundred million dollar opener films, I had predicted seven total films. Um, these were the three MCU films. Um, you know, Ant Man. Um, Guardians 3 and uh, the Marvels, um, Super Mario Brothers, of course, and then the two new Sazzle films I just mentioned, um, and Indiana Jones 5 and Transformers Rise of the Beasts. And then I thought Dune 2 would be able to get there based on the fact that, you know, I thought we'd do better than the first one. Salome's star power is rising. It wouldn't be uh, day and date, as well as would also not have uh, post COVID weariness. Um, a wariness, rather. Now, Dune Two did end up moving to 2024 as a result of the uh, of the of the uh, actors and writers strike, which I think definitely down uh, did not help the uh, box office uh, much this year, especially for the Marvels without being able to promote it. Um, so I only had out of the seven I initially predicted, only six were released in this calendar year. And of those, only the three in the first half of the year, Ant-Man Quantumania with just over with 106 million, uh, Super Mario Bros., as I've said, and Guardians 3 making over $100 million their opening weekend. Um, the two Summon Nostalgia films made only about $60 million or so in their opening weekend, and the Marvels made less than $50 million at only 46. However, I was still able to make it to five films overall for the year, opening to $100 million, um, with some I didn't predict. Um, first, Across the Spider-Verse, which in hindsight, given uh, the first one, did super well um, at the Oscars, well-beloved, kind of transformational, and also the fact that, of course, Spider-Man is an A-list comic book st- hero who is kind of immune to the comic book fatigue. Um, it made $120 million its opening weekend. Um, and then, of course, we mentioned Barbie. That made $162 million in its opening we- weekend, the biggest of the year. So there were a couple of close calls I also missed. Um, Little Mermaid on Memorial Day weekend made ninety-five million dollars, really close. Uh, the Taylor Swift movie, which you know wasn't uh, wasn't uh, on the calendar at the beginning of the year, made ninety-two million dollars, and then Oppenheimer did pretty well at eighty-five million dollars. Still, uh, I only got five out of seven, and almost half of those were uh, those some of those that I missed. So I'll give myself B minus here. Um, now, in comparison to pre-pandemic, this is also a step down from 2022. There were eight films that opened, but it is on par with 2018's five openers, actually. So, um, you know, kind of in that range, though, obviously not at the highest peaks. Now, finally, for films I thought that would make it to $100 million over their lifetime, uh, in addition to the seven I thought would open to $100 million, there were 20 I thought would make it uh, for 27 total. Now, two of these, Dune 2, as mentioned, and also the Ghostbusters Afterlife sequel, Frozen Empire, did end up moving to next year, or this year, rather, uh, so it puts me on target for let's try to hit for 25. Now, I'm just going to rattle off the ones I thought would make it without opening to $100 million um, that didn't move. We had Megan, Creed 3, Suzanne 2, John Wick 4, Dungeons & Dragons Honor Amongst Thieves, Fast X, Little Mermaid, Across the Spider-Verse, Flash, Elemental, Mission Impossible 7, Oppenheimer, Barbie, the new Hunger Games prequel, Trolls Band Together, Wiss, Wonka, Mike Grayson, and Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Of these, the only ones that ended up not making $100 million were Megan, which very close at $95 million, just didn't quite have the legs from TikTok to get there. Uh, Suzam 2, a very not close $56 million. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons on Amongst Thieves, a heartbreaking $93 million, just grossly mismanaged coming out between John Wick 4 and the Mario movie. Uh, and then Wiss, which is a miserable $61 million and definitely not the 100-year celebration that Disney was hoping for. Uh, Trolls 3 and Aquaman just hit $100 million as late year 
releases this past weekend. So while Mike Grayson still sits at only $78 million or so, it is an animated film and we'll hopefully get there over the next month or so with good legs or wings, I guess. Um, and then of the six that I thought would make $100 million opening weekend, all of them made it except for only one, uh, the Marvels, setting a franchise low $84 million domestic. Uh, overall, that gives me 20, maybe 21 films out of the 26 I predicted. Now, on top of those, there were two films I thought had an outside shot. I wasn't going to officially predict, um, but if I did write down that if everything went right, could get there. And for these films, they did. Uh, Scream 6 made $108 million. And then the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem animated film made $118 million. So up to 22, 23, depending on migration. Finally, there were three films I didn't know. On, I either did not know they weren't they weren't on the release schedule at the start of the year, or they weren't even my radar to just hit hundred million dollars. Um, the Angel Studio film Sound of Freedom, which I believe was announced in spring, uh, made one hundred eighty four million dollars uh, over its lifetime. Uh, the Taylor Swift Eras tour concert film, uh, which of course was a, a big success for for uh, for Taylor uh, overall, and and it's been her year, one hundred sixty five million dollars. And then Five Nights at Freddy, which you know in hindsight, given uh, I thought Megan was going to do well and Mario was going to do well. Why not another video game adaptation doing well? Um, this one was able to scare up $113 million overall. Um, that got me to 25, maybe 26 films hitting $100 million, which is in line with my predictions. So uh, while there were a few misses uh, and being saved by a few surprises, I will give myself a B minus, a, a B plus A minus overall. Um, now, as far as recovery goes, this is the best number post-pandemic with a step up from the 14 in 2021 and 17 in 2022, though, of course, still down from the, the 30 uh, films in this in this range, $100 million domestically uh, in 2019 or the pat, um, or, you know, the high of all time in the past 10 years, 34 from 2018. Now, overall, I'd give myself personally a grade of in that B plus A minus range, you know, mostly some gross over predictions on which films would maybe get to 100 million or 100 million opening weekend. Um, but, you know, I don't think anyone can fault me for missing out on Barbenheimer. And I did pretty spot on, I would say, on the films I thought would make 100 million dollars uh, uh, overall overall their lifetimes. Now, as far as the box office recovery, um, I'm gonna, it came in at $8.9 billion domestically, up from 2022's $7.3 billion, but still down from the pre-pandemic $11 to $12 billion range. Call out a B plus A minus, maybe. Um, worldwide, we ended up at $33.9 billion for the year, up from 2022's $26 billion uh, um, by about 30%. Um, this is still down from $42.3 billion in 2019. And with the actor strike and wider strike uh, not only impacting the films from this year, um, you know, but also impacting next year's release slate um, with things being pushed back to you know 2025 um, and also the fact that you know china's market is less and less important for hollywood films and also you know the studios are not going to be able to rely on comic book movies moving forward i think uh, 2024 is looking to potentially even take a step back from this year's numbers we'll just have to see now with that in mind uh, here are my predictions for 2024 with these same metrics uh, for billion dollar films i'm seeing only one maybe two of were lucky films making a billion dollars uh, at the box office this year, which is a step down. Um, the only film I'm very comfortable saying we'll get to this mark is the Illumination animated film uh, like Mario this year, Despicable Me 4. Since 2013, the franchise has not made less than $940 million worldwide, so it's as safe a bet as any. Um, the other film that are potentially here, I could maybe be inside out too. Um, the first one made $850 million worldwide. Sir Disney has managed to tank Disney's, uh, you know, somewhat with their direct Disney Plus releases, but this is a very well-beloved uh, film. Um, 
And then, you know, we also have Joker 2, um, which did the billion dollars worldwide, notably without China in 2019. Um, and also does have the added bonus of Lady Gaga to drive her little monsters to the film. The question for Joker will be whether or not, one, the choice to make it a musical will hurt it. Um, and two, uh, whether the decline of comic book movies in general will impact this or if it's, you know, kind of immune. Um, you know, and, and I think most importantly, you know, the first one was just lightning in the bottle. No one expected the Joker film to be good. Here they're playing with expectations. So I don't know if they're going to be able to live up to those or not. And now for $100 million openers, you know, I have, you know, six total, which technically is a step up from this from, from this past year, um, but only by one from five to six. Uh, these six films I currently have forecasted are Dune 2, which I just moved from last year to this. I still think it, it'll, it'll, it'll hold well. Um... Uh, we have Inside Out 2, again, you know, provided Pixar's brand hasn't completely gone into the toilet. Um, the last one made $90 million opening weekend. Uh, Despicable, Despicable Me 4, again, The Gentle Minions brought Minions Rise of Guta $107 million opening weekend a couple years ago, so why not here too? Um, that pulled three. Now, this one won't make a billion dollars, right? It's an R-rated film. The first two made only seven eighty million worldwide. And but I will say, even if comic book uh, movie uh, comic book movie fatigue is in place, um, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy maybe didn't do as good as it could have, but um, it was under the stewardship of uh, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy kind of had this vision. It's tied more to a specific auteur, you know, James Gunn, and here it's tied very specifically to Ryan Reynolds. Um, so I think it's in that camp as opposed to the very oh, this is the Marvel machine of Ant Man and the Wasp or or the Marvels. Um, Plus, you know, the fact that uh, Hugh Jackman is returning as Wolverine means that, you know, even if this does drop from the second film, the second film made $132 million opening weekend, so I think this one should be fine. Uh, Joker 2, again, not much more to say I haven't already, aside from the fact that the first one did open to $96 million, so very close, and I think just a little bump from there will do will help it out. And then finally, this is a, you know... I, I uh, not a film that is a known quantity, but it is. It's a film called Red One, coming out November fifteenth, um, and it's a bit of a risk. But here's my here's my pitch. Uh, it's not part of a franchise per se, but it does come from the director of Jumanji, um, who, as we know, came out with kind of like an out of nowhere surprise that I believe hit a billion dollars. And star this one stars Dwayne the Rock Johnson again, but this time Chris Evans as opposed to Kevin Hart. Um, and it opens mid November again in the holidays, and supposedly plays with holiday mythology. So you know. If it's done well, it kind of taps into this universal thing going on there. Um, we'll see for now. It is kind of my wild card, wild card as, you know, we could have seen this coming. And, I, and I'm going to call my thought now that this could, this, this could make $100 million opening weekend. Uh, finally, for my $100 million grocers, in addition to the six I just mentioned who obviously will make $100 million opening weekend if it goes well, I have another 19 for, again, 25. Um, same as this year, you know, given that, you know, things are not looking to grow because of the strikes and everything, um, we're just going to try to maintain a status quo, which I think would be a win, even though people would like to see growth back to the norm pre-pandemic, which probably isn't going to hurt. Maybe this is just the ceiling of what we're expecting to see post-pandemic. Anyway, I'm not going to get too much into detail of all of these, but uh, barring any moves, these these movie these mo uh, movies this would be uh, in January, we have the Mean Girls film opening this weekend. Uh, then we'll skip forward to March. We have Kung Fu Panda 4, uh, Ghostbusters, Frozen Empire, and then Godzilla vs. Kong, the new empire. Um, in skipping uh, April, we're going to move to May with The Fall Guy, um, IF, or Imaginary Friends. Um, the the um, I believe that's the, another Ryan Reynolds film. Um, we have Furiosa um, and also Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. 
um, in June, you know, continuing this, the, the summer season, we have Ballerina, which is a John Wick spinoff starring Anna de Armas. Uh, we have a Bad Boy sequel, assuming that it actually comes out. Uh, we have a spinoff of the Quiet Place franchise, Quiet Place Day One, starring Lupita Nyong'o. Uh, in August, the only film I have is Borderlands, which, you know, given video game films have kind of been the thing lately, I think this might be another one. Um... In September, we have Beetlejuice 2 with the return of Michael Keaton as well as, you know, Jenny Ortega starring in there as well. Um, we also have Transformers 1, which is an animated Transformers film. So, you know, between um, the first, the most recent Transformers film getting to $100 million and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem getting $100 million, I think this could get there. Um, October, Smile 2, surprise from a couple years ago, um, kind of, you know, now developing a franchise. Um in November, uh, we have Venom 3, uh, the only of the three uh, Venomverse films that I think will get to $100 million. And then uh, Wicked also over the holiday uh, the holiday weekend. And then in December, um, the only two films I see right now are Mufasa, um, which is the live-action Lion King sequel no one asked for. And on the same weekend, we have Sonic the Hedgehog 3, which definitely I think will get there. Um, there are also nine films I'm not going to say are definitely going to get there, but... I would not be surprised if they do, so honorable mentions to these. Um, in February, we have that spy film that have been, the trailer has been everywhere, Argyle. Um, now, this was, well, we'll talk about this headline later, but it was dated in March, and I think we'll probably get pushed back. Maybe the Cannes Film Festival, maybe an awards release thing, we'll see. Uh, Bong Joon-ho's new film uh, starring Robert Pattinson, Mickey 17. Um, in April, we have Civil War, um, this new uh, A24 film coming out. Um, in May, the Garfield movie, voiced by Chris Pratt. Uh, July, we have Twisters, a remake of that classic, you know, uh, natural disaster film. Uh, August, we have an Alien Romulus film um, in the Alien franchise. Um, November, Paul Mescal stars in Ridley Scott's Gladiator 2. Uh, and then in December, um, one, apparently there is a combining of the two Karate Kid franchises with Jackie Chan um, and then, you know, the original the original uh, star from, from the original Karate Kid film coming together. And also there's an anime, not just anime, but anime, Lord of the Rings, uh, Rise of the uh, of the Rohirrim film, uh, War of the Rohirrim film, uh, which, you know, uh, Given the Lord of the Rings, given the rise of anime lately, I think could be a bit of a surprise hit, but we'll see. Um, I will also give two dishonorable mentions films. I specifically will say will not get to $100 million. Uh, these are the two non-Venom Venomverse films uh, from Sony. Madam Web in February and Craven the Hunter in August. These just smell like Morbius-type films and not in a good way. Um, of course, there are going to be surprises throughout the year, as there are films that will just get announced that we weren't going to do. Of course, none of the award films, most of the award films, we don't know about um, until you know the film festival circuit. So, hey, that's what makes following the box office fun. So, here we are. Anyway, um, I won't have two de- detailed box office numbers this weekend. Again, coming back from a time off, uh, getting back in the swing of things. Um, I will say the only new release this weekend was Night Swim, a horror film from Universal that came in at about $11.8 million for the weekend in second place. Wonka still leads in week four at number one uh, with $14 million. And then Rom-Com, Anyone But You, seems to be picking up steam with an 11% increase, the only increase in the top five uh, this weekend. Um, this coming long weekend, looking ahead, um, that's, there are three new releases and then one re-release. Um, the Jason Statham-led uh, Guy Ritchie film uh, directed um, Accent Thriller The Beekeepers from MGM forecast to open in the you know, $8 to $15 million range for the three-day weekend with a $40 million budget. Um, there's a black religious biblical comedy drama, The Book of Clarence, starring Lakeith Stanfield from Sony, uh, set to open to about 5 to $10 million. No budget has been reported here. Um, and then the big film of the weekend is probably going to be this adaptation of the musical adaptation of the movie, 
Mean Girls. Um, originally, it's set to be direct to Paramount Plus streaming debut. Um, it's going to actually be in the theatrical release um, and set to open the 20 to $35 million over the three-day weekend. No budget has been announced, but it is worth noting, since we're talking about you know Mean Girls, the original Mean Girls in 2004 made $86 million domestically on a, $86 million on a $17 million uh, budget, made $130 million worldwide. So, obviously a different time, but if this can you know get there, um, probably not to $86 million if it's opening the 25 maybe but at 20 to 20 to 35 but you know if it's on the high end of that th- uh 30 and then is able to get the 3x multiplier and 90 that would be pretty good and i'm i'm predicting this will overperform and like i said i think it'll get it'll leg out to 100 million dollars or i hope it does um Finally, the re-release is Soul um, as part of Pixar trying to bring back distributors. You know, obviously, they've released a lot of stuff directed to Disney Plus over the pandemic and in, in immediate years afterwards. Um, so nev- these films never got their chance to sign in theaters. So uh, Soul is the first of these films to be coming back to theaters. Um, no forecast for this. I wouldn't expect it to make too much just because you know it is available on Disney Plus and has been for years. Uh, Headlines-wise, four big things to talk about. First off, Golden Globes for this past weekend. Um, new category, you know, achievement in box office history uh, or box office and cinematic. Um, you know, I was actually thinking we'd go to Taylor Swift just so that the Globes could award Taylor Swift, get that clip for her on the on TV, on the on on YouTube, and people would think the Globes are legitimate and the Swifties would tune in. Um, that was not the case, and uh, it actually ended up going to Barbie, which was, of course, the highest-grossing film of the year. I will say Taylor did have a good rationale for winning. You know, she did. It was an accomplishment to go around the studios, go directly to the, uh, to the, um, to the studio, to the distributors, and make this, um, make this, uh, um, and make this film that made a lot of money. Um, that being said, you know, I guess the Globes are, you know, tied to the industry. And they want to reward films that go through the industry and and, and specifically the the studio. So um, maybe that's the case here. But uh, you know, congrats to Barbie. But you know, again, people are saying, isn't the reward making the money itself? Uh, anyway, we'll see if they do anything interesting in the future with this category, not just awarded the film that made the most. Um, now, we did cover them just now, but there is a little bit of shuffling uh, in March around the spring break period. Uh, first off, Paramount uh, earlier today moved Ghostbusters Frozen Empire a week up from March 29th to the 22nd. Uh, but chasing after them, uh, Godzilla vs. Kong moved from April 12th to May 29th. Um, so bad luck for, for Ghostbusters here. Um, it is taking the spot of fellow studio film from uh, Bong Joon-ho, uh, Mickey 17. Um, now, Mickey 17 does not have a release date. Like I said, I think there's some rumors that might be trying to go to Cannes, trying to maybe get a fall release. We'll see. Um, so yeah, I mean, obviously Warner Brothers having uh, Dune uh, earlier in uh, in March, having two sci-fi films in the same studio just doesn't really make that much sense. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, we also got a uh, announcement from Disney and Lucasfilms today that uh, there'll be a new Star Wars film. Now, before you roll your eyes again, of course, there have been so many Star Wars films announced, canceled, moved on, and in, in production hell, um, even the new Daisy Ridley one that's supposed to come out, I have no idea what the status on that one is. Um, but this one, I think, will actually make it to the finish line. Uh, directed by John Favreau, and produced by Dave Filoni, um, The Mandalorian and, Gro- and Grogu, aka Baby Yoda, will start production later this year. Given that The Mandalorian is one of the most successful parts of Disney Plus in general, um, you know, I think third season now is on. I don't follow it. I don't follow The Mandalorian. Um, uh, you know, but I know it's super popular. I may mean, even have some. Maybe other stuff without having watched it. Um, I think this one will actually get separated through with care. I do worry that, you know, like me, maybe you didn't watch The Mandalorian. Will you be able to watch this one? Um, or is it going to be a standalone film? It's kind of like the inverse of the MCU problem. Or maybe it's the same MCU problem where you feel like there's homework to be able to go watch the film. 
Um, kind of funny though, they went from you know taking the movies and turning them into TV shows. Now they're taking their TV shows and turning them into movies. So we'll see. Um, finally, there was an interesting announcement that Tom Cruise has set up a a non-exclusive movie partnership deal with Warner Brothers to star in and produce original fr- and franchise films for the studio. Notably, he can still work with Paramount on the uh, upcoming Mission Impossible films, of course, and you know the Universal Spacewalk film on the ISS is still supposedly on on, on track. Um, this is a smart move from P- Cruz. You know, I didn't get to cover this while I was out, but of course, there's a lot of talk in town right now that uh, Paramount may be on the on, on up, up for sale sometime soon. So uh, you know, maybe try to keep his options open if they were to get acquired. Um, in any case, I think what people are most excited for is a potential return uh, of Tom Cruise to the Edge of Tomorrow universe. Finally, before signing off, you know, uh, the return of what I've been watching, you know, I just came back to this afternoon from watching Wonka uh, in theaters. Uh, you know, I think it might, it, there, there is talk that it might get a, a nomination maybe for a costume or something for the Oscars, for my Oscars Death Race, which, by the way, the Oscars Death Race podcast is back. Um, just some quick thoughts, you know, I, I ended up giving this, you know, I obviously this one uh, is a prequel. It is, um, you know, it's it's supposedly in the continuity, I guess, of the Gene Wilder uh, films. Um you know, I don't know if, if, if Roald Dahl ever explicitly wrote the history of Wonka either, so he maybe came up with it. You know, I will admit I've actually never seen the Paul King Paddington films, which is a, a blind spot of mine, so maybe I'll just go ahead and try to watch these next. You know, I thought it was a charming film. It was cute, you know, after having seen, you know, The Color Purple. I thought that, you know, I think the, the songs were a little bit better integrated into here if we're just comparing the musicals from the holiday season. Um, songs were cute, you know, some visual, visual, uh, visual gags uh, throughout that were, that were pretty cute, especially, I think, obviously, the big, uh, the biggest one, so to speak, was uh, um, uh, Keegan-Michael Key getting fatter and fatter throughout the film as he eats more chocolate. You know, I could see this being some sort of stage production being put on at some point with the sets and the design and, and the way it's choreographed and so on. Um, you know... The singing, maybe he's not the best singer, right? I, I, maybe I felt there was going to be a little bit of attitude in there. I, I couldn't tell for sure. Choreography, maybe could use a little bit of work. You know, not the best as well, but that kind of adds to his awkward charm. Um, you know, I mean, I think story-wise, plot-wise, it's you know, very by-the-book story. You know, believe your dreams, take care about the people you're with, you know, so on and so forth. Um, nothing revelatory, right? I think... You know, if you're looking for high cinema, I don't think this is it. Um, frankly, I don't. I'm not even really convinced it should get an Oscar nomination for costumes, though. That category is notably insular within the little community, and the costume designer Lindy Hemming has uh, nom- been nominated, I think, one before. So you know, that, that's a good reason as any of the, the things he might get another nomination here. Um, you know, that being said, you know, I, I like the production design was cool. The, the music was 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 pretty sweet. Um, again, I gave this a three out of five overall. Nothing groundbreaking, but an enjoyable way to pass time. Definitely wanted some chocolate after. Uh, what I really want though is, you know, obviously we ended the movie. It, it was sweet right it, it did maybe lean a little bit hard into oh the gene wilder specifically the pure imagination bit um you know not the rest of the mythos but mostly the pure imagination bit um from from there as, as kind of like a central theme and, and kind of like the ending the setting up the ending uh for for that i want to see how wonga turns from like this young idealistic timothy salome who you know loves the world loves people wants to just share chocolate to somebody who is you know cynical a little cynical a little jaded a little you know keep keeps out of the world and, and stays behind stays in the chocolate factory without ever going out living only with the Oompa Loompas I mean I want that story that dark story but we'll, we'll see if we ever get it I doubt it though 
Uh, anyway, with that, that's wrap for this episode. We're back for 2024, people. Uh, hope to stay here for a while longer. Um, next week, you know, we're going to go ahead and uh, dig into the box office numbers for Mean Girls over the long weekend, of course. Any headlines, but, you know, notably, we'll also go ahead and take a look at the upcoming, I do this, you know, four months at a time, the upcoming four months of the box office, you know, rather than quarters, you know, uh, January through April uh, is, of course, like kind of the pre-summer. Um, May through August is the summer period, and then September, October, November, December is the uh, post-summer into the holiday season. So, you know, obviously some films are going to get announced between now and then, so it makes most sense to just talk about the upcoming four months of movies that we're going to be talking about, what to expect film-wise. Maybe not necessarily predictions on how much each film will make, but, you know, just don't know what to keep an eye out of. Out for. Anyway, let me know what your predictions are for this year's box office uh, at boxofficewatchpodcast at zealand.com or on Twitter at BOWatchPodcast. Also, it's on Spotify, iTunes. Um, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, at the very least tell a friend, any of that helps. Links to all of those will be in our show notes. Numbers you can still come from dnumbers.com. Intro and outro music from Kevin MacLeod. His stuff is incompetent at filmers.io. Editing production by Ninsboy Media. Until next time, this has been the Box Office Watch. And remember, our watch goes on. Yeah.